Thank you, Tarrant. Thank you, guys. Uh, I don't know uh, whether we need to really preach this morning because we've heard a couple of really powerful words from uh, Dave and Ali. Um, say yes to God. That's a simple, great moment, isn't it? And uh, there is purpose in a pandemic. I love that. And so, you know, we just want to, again, commend their courage, their sense of um, risking it. I love that they're going to put some skin in the game, if you like. And, uh, you know, and we're going to be talking a little bit about that today, about having courage, really, in, in a crisis and, and God using us when we make ourselves available. There's a bit of a joke in our house. Um, if I watch a film, you know, often I'll come downstairs and I'll be like, girls, you know, I've watched a brilliant film. And they'll be like, dad, just stop. We know what kind of film you've just said it, you've talked to, you know, you've just watched it. It's probably about a guy. He's probably uh, just in his pants, armed with a pen knife, taking on the world, surviving something, overcoming all the odds. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. And basically that story translates into a whole bunch of genre because we love being inspired, don't we? I know, I certainly do. Bear Grylls is one of Bear Grylls' favorite heroes, and one of mine is a 17-year-old girl who survives uh, an unbelievable plane crash. Her airplane that she's in is hit by lightning, and the plane breaks up, and she plummets 15,000 feet into the canopy of the Chilean jungle, and the canopy breaks her fall, and she survives. And so here she is, she's lost, she's lost her, um, her, her glasses, uh, and she's a bit broken and bruised. And all she's got is a bag of sweets and, a, um, and this kind of like, uh, I guess her dad's voice just in her head reminding her, if you ever get lost in the jungle, find a stream because streams lead to rivers and rivers lead to people. You know, 10 days later, this 17-year-old girl is found on an embankment by a, group, a small group of fishermen. She has crawled to a stream. She's followed that stream to a river. She's floated down this river and survived cr crocodile attacks and all sorts of stuff. It's an incredible story of survival. And if you've been following us here at Catalyst or you've just joined us today, we're in the brilliant book of uh, Daniel. We're following the life of Daniel. And Daniel has been ripped from his home in Jerusalem, from family, from friends, from familiarity. And he's been, if you like, placed into this quite hostile environment of Babylon, uh, a, a culture and a society that seeks to undermine his thinking, his values, and ultimately his relationship with God. But as we go through the book of Daniel, we see that Daniel doesn't just survive the jungle of Babylon. He actually thrives in it. He flourishes in it. Last week, Chuck talked so brilliantly about how God had placed Daniel there. And he's placed you and me here in this place, in this time. You know, he's put us in communities. He's put us in neighborhoods. He's put us on rigs in the North Sea and in universities and colleges and schools for a reason and a purpose. He's planted us for purpose. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like yeast pressed into dough. What we're going to realize and find out is that Daniel and us, we're to be kingdom agents that do make a difference, that does cause change. And so what are the keys to flourishing 
in Babylon? Let's find out. So we're going to return to Daniel chapter 2. Are you ready? Maybe open up your Bible. It's a great, great story, and it definitely is a, a go home, a go big or go home moment. Here we go. Nebuchadnezzar's dream. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, the enchanters, and the sorcerers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Maybe some of us have had that experience. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret it. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But the king says to them, actually, I don't want you to just interpret my dream. I want you to tell me what the dream is and then interpret it. Oh, no. That's like, that's a problem. That's above their pay grade. Listen to this. Verse 10. We're going to skip forward. The astrologers answered the king, King, there's not a man on earth who can do what you ask. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is impossible. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among men. This made the king angry, and that he ordered the execution of all the wise men in Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and the men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends. When Ariok, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put the men to death, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. I'd love to know what he said. Um, I'd have loved uh, a word like that uh, when I was maybe just about to get detention at school or something like that. Anyway, he asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Ariok then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went to the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise man in Babylon. And during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision, and Daniel praised God. How cool is that? He gets the answer. And then if we skip forward to verse 26, he goes to the king. And the king asked Daniel, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? And Daniel replied, no wise man can ever explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But the God of heaven who reveals mysteries, he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the days to come. Your dreams and your visions have passed through your mind as you lay on your bed are these. And then he begins to tell King Nebuchadnezzar his dream. And it's, he's accurate and he's on point. And right at the end, this, this, after he tells him the dream, the king responds by saying, The king said to Daniel, surely, this is in verse 47, Your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries for you. For you were able to reveal this mystery. And the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts upon him. Wow, what a story that is. It is a proper moment in their history, isn't it? It is a big, big moment. And what I love about Daniel in this moment, and we're talking about we want to flourish wherever we are, we need courage. 
courage. Courage comes to the surface in this, mom- in this moment. And in a crisis, often, don't we, 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 there's a variety of ways that people respond. I know, I, I feel it in myself. Sometimes you want to just freeze up. Sometimes you just want to run and hide and hope it goes away. Daniel moves, but he doesn't move away from the crisis. He actually moves towards it. In fact, it's incredible. He goes and, and, and asks for an audience with the crisis, the king. I, I just wonder today that God wants us to tap into courage, fresh courage, to make ourselves available. That's what he does in this moment. Now, guys, I'm not an engineer or a scientist particularly, but uh, I've done a bit of um, sparking at home and DIY. Um, but this is the thing. Silver, I found out silver is an amazing conductor of electricity, but it's rarely used for common sort of stuff because it'd be just so expensive. So it's used in specialized equipment. Equipment like the circuit boards of an orbiting satellite. Silver's used to communicate between the heavens and earth. God wants to do something through Daniel. He wants to do something and move heaven into earth. And he's looking for the element of courage and, 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 and availability and vulnerability. You see, in this moment... Daniel's courage makes him a conductor of the kingdom. How cool is that? That is amazing, isn't it? And you know, we see that all through the Bible, loads and loads of times where God partners with his people who have courage and put themselves into a place of just saying, God, I'm available. These guys, David and Ali have said, just say yes to God. That's the first step. We want to flourish in this world and in our society, and we want to bring something of God's kingdom into it. We need courage. You know, Daniel drew on his track record with God. He'd been faithful to God in chapter 1 and God had honored him. When you think about great heroes like David who comes onto the scene uh, in, in Samuel where suddenly he finds himself caught up in a national crisis and the Philistines and Goliath are, 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 are there. You see, David, you know, David, if you like, um, leans into that undiluted trust that God had helped him overcome the lions and the bears back in the back of beyond. And he draws on that. He leans back into that history to then move forward to take on the present crisis. I think for us today, Catalyst Church, and for those of you that are listening, God is wanting to stir up our hearts afresh. To have courage to say yes and just become available. Who knows what God will do? But vulnerability is part of that. You feel a bit exposed, and I'm sure Daniel did at that point. And maybe for us today, we want to just say, Lord, I need some fresh courage. I'm here. I'm here. What would that look like for us in our workplaces, in our schools, our colleges, in our neighborhoods? Maybe it would be just a simple stepping into that place of saying to a friend, hey, I know you're struggling. Let me pray for you today. I believe God can answer. We're stepping into that courageous, vulnerable zone. 
to be silver. I believe there's silver all over this region that God wants to use. God wants to raise up. So why don't we? What does he do then? In this great story, he goes to the king and then he returns to his friends, doesn't he? In verse 17, he returns to the house and his friends and he instigates a prayer meeting that changes everything. You know, it's amazing. You know, and I think there are times in our lives that all the wisdom found in reading books and listening to podcasts, it's brilliant. But there are moments in life and in, in, in situations in time where that's not, that's, that, that's not going to get us there. We need a breakthrough moment. And isn't it interesting that Daniel gets his breakthrough moment not by doing it on his own, but by rallying together his friends, the people of God who love God. There is a coming together and it's in the coming together that the answer comes. The revelation happens and the breakthrough happens for them. We, you know, and the world, maybe at this time, for all of us, the world needs the community of Christ to pray. Just to pray again, to come together. Now, there is some challenges. We all appreciate the challenges of COVID and a pandemic and, you know, social distancing and only a certain amount of people allowed in your houses and stuff. But I really believe there is a principle here of a coming together where God's presence comes in a way that doesn't happen when we're on our solo kind of deal. I believe that it's actually about unity of heart. And that transcends physical um, gatherings. It's about being at one of heart. And we can do that on Zoom, can't we? We can do that on FaceTime or whatever platform we want to use. Right now, we're coming together with a oneness of heart. And it's in these moments that God speaks. I believe, I believe that God brought them together to teach them something. You know, when you journey together and you pray together, it's raw and it's, you cry out together. It produces something. It's like D- Daniel's a bit of a leader in the moment. He instigates, he sees something, he instigates the gathering. And, 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 and then these guys are praying together, they're journeying and they're learning. I believe that faith is caught and then you carry it. And I think that happens in these wonderful prayer moments. I love that Ruth Morton had said something about, you know, um, uh, in that little prophetic word at the beginning of this. It's so good that we're in full interaction here because she talked about grey clouds in a breakthrough. Well, another Ruth, maybe it's just Ruth's have got an anointing at the moment, but another friend of ours, Ruth, who's a leader at Central, she sent in uh, a little text this week. She had a word and uh, she didn't know that we were going to talk about prayer today. She said... I, I saw an ancient old key and it was put into an ancient old cupboard and it unlocked the door. And when she opened it, it was full of sweets and stuff like that. But underneath there were these boxes and she knew that this was like really precious treasure to be shared by others. And her simple picture was this. Prayer unlocks God's resources. Prayer, the simple act of crying out to God is the key, one of the keys to seeing God speak and move. It's a deep challenge for us today, guys, in this place of crisis, in this place where in so many ways we're being pushed to be separate. 
I believe that this is so countercultural. I believe it actually speaks directly into the spirit of today. The spirit of today is this, independence. Stay independent. In fact, I often hear it in my own life. I hear the whispers of it even in church. That actually, if we, if we ask for prayer, if we, if we become vulnerable in that stuff, it's a sign of weakness. That, I believe, is rubbish and it is actually a spirit of today. That actually the, the Lord, when he moves God's, when he wants to move on earth, he often does something in an individual, but it then spills into his people. And there's a, a key here. It's in the coming together. Folks, we need to come together. You know, we can see this in the, in the Welsh revival that started in 1904 and spread all across the world. An amazing man like Evan Roberts who begins to pray and thousands, a hundred thousand people came to faith in five months in Wales. Five years later, 75% of those men and women who had come to faith were still in church. God had done something remarkable, and it happened in a prayer, and it started in a prayer meeting. Wow. Anyway, so here we go. We need courage to be available. Let's gather. Let's not be afraid. Let's do it at heart level. And then I just want to land on this. And the, 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 the words of St. Peter are ringing in my ears out of the book of Acts. It says, what, you, what I have received, I freely give. It's a beautiful moment where he reaches down to a beggar who's never walked. And he says, what I've got in Jesus, I give to you. And he grabs a hold of his hand. And as he lifts him up, that man's, that man's legs are made whole. Daniel receives something in, in the community moment of prayer. And then he offers it, he takes his contribution, if you like, and he offers it to God and offers it to the king. And it changes everything. You know, sometimes, I mean, it's quite cool in this studio warehouse today. Sometimes we need a temperature change in the environment to get us moving. Sometimes there are moments where it's tougher and a crisis can either push us and pull us away from God or pull us into him and his purposes. I think this is a brilliant example from Daniel and his friends. It's a wonderful example of saying to us as the church today, press in. Because actually I've given you, I've put some stuff in us. In us. God has planted some stuff. In, he's placed us in this world and he's planted some stuff in us. And actually the pressure of a crisis can actually be the very thing that's needed to bring it out. The gifting, the compassion, and in here the dream interpretation. What does that look like for you and me today? Well, maybe we need to freshly discover what God's put in our lives. I want to land on this final little um, scripture that Peter says in 2 Peter. He says this, and it is such a powerful thing. It says this, His divine power has given us everything we need, everything we need to thrive, you know, to flourish, to have a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promise so that through them, here it is, you may participate. And the original language means you become a brother in the divine nature, 
having escaped the corruption in the world by evil desires. Wow, I just believe that this little passage, this moment, is just a terrific encouragement for us to say God has got everything we need for today. And let's have courage to make ourselves available. Let's come together and let's contribute what he's given us or what we've received in our prayer moments. We're going to move into a time of worship just now as the band is going to get ready. And I, I wonder, let's allow God to bring to mind just how faithful he is. Faithful in our own, pers- in our own lives, in our own stories. Let's draw on that. Let's lean back into that today so that we can step forward. Let's, let's lean back into his arms.